Hello and welcome to In Business Talks 2. We are excited to welcome you to our bonus episode, The Friday Fix. We are your hosts, Tracy and Ian O, founders of In Business, a networking and business support community. And together, we, we are, are In, in business. business. Every Friday, we'll be discussing a business-related subject with either one of our wonderful In Business networking members or a fellow business owner who'll be sharing their advice, thoughts or knowledge on a particular topic. Oh, and make sure you listen to the end of the show to hear our guests tell us their favourite networking tip. This week's episode is called Is Your Business Covered? And our special guest is Jeff Dunn of the Spencer Hayes Group. So welcome to our Friday Fix this week. And we have our special guest, Jeff Dunn of the Spencer Hayes Group, who knows everything about business insurance. So welcome, Jeff. It's good to have you on the show. Thank you both very much for inviting me. I've been looking forward to it. Oh, us too. It's uh, it's good to catch up with you again. So business insurance, it might not be that exciting to a lot of people, but it is an absolute must, isn't it? And there's so much people don't know about their insurance. Would you like to enlighten us a little bit on the things that people might need to consider? I will do, but um, if it's not uh, going out of context, could I start with a few stats just to st- just to set the scene? Yes. So, um, thinking about self-employed business people with no employees, how many of them have business insurance? So, out of ten, how many of them actually have any insurance? Uh, Probably not that many. Um, Three, four, five. five. Oh, if I said if I said to you it was two out mm. of ten, gosh. So that's the first stat. The second stat leads us to an even more worrying situation. Of companies with more than 10 staff, how many of them have the correct level of insurance? Um, Two. (laughs) Two. (laughs) You're about right. Oh, right. About right. (laughs) Right. And, And the third and final question, of companies with more than 10 or more staff, and we've already heard that only two of out of 10 of those have the correct insurance. Uh, sorry, yeah. yeah, have the correct insurance. Yeah, How yeah. many of them review their insurance annually? 50%. No, I won't say that. I would, uh, probably even less, probably. Oh, one yeah. One? One? people just let it... Two out of 10 again. Wow. Mm. Wow. So just to recap the three questions and, and to just check that the listeners haven't fallen asleep already, <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'm saying is, For self-employed people, no employees, hardly any of them have even got any insurance. For companies with 10 or more staff who you'd think have grown to have 10 or more staff, the majority of them don't have the right level of insurance. And finally, whether they've got the right level of insurance or not, most of those don't even review it annually. So really, I change, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So really, I should be working seven days a week, twenty four (laughs) seven, just to just to help these people. But on a serious note, um, this insurance is what's called a resistance purchase. Hmm. Um, Would you buy car insurance if if by law you didn't have to have it? Question mark. Mm. A lot of people wouldn't. Mm, Probably not. (laughs) Probably 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 take a chance. Oh, you think? Oh, hang on. Can I take a chance? And with business insurance, if you have two or more directors of a limited company or you have um, one or more staff, then by law, you have to have employer's liability insurance. 
And this is often as far as it gets. I, I literally get repeated requests for requests for please could I have some employer's liability insurance. Now right. my style, rightly or wrongly, is I don't talk about insurance initially with my clients, prospective clients. What I like to do is to get under the skin of people. So if I were to say to the pair of you, as a rhetorical question, obviously, um, and also to all of my clients, I say, so tell me what brought you to be doing? What's your backstory? Why are you in this company? How long has this company been going for? What would you do if you had £100,000 cash at hand? What would you spend it on? Would it be on staff? Would it be on stock? Would it be on vehicles? Would it be on new premises? Would it be leaving rented premises behind and buying your first commercial premises? What would you do with that money? If we look back beyond COVID starting, what would you actually do in terms of growing your business? How do you find your customers? The reason I ask these questions aren't to catch anybody out. These questions come from the heart and from the head. There's two reasons I ask those questions. I've had a lifelong fascination with people's stories and that, luckily for me, that goes hand in hand with my job, my profession. Um, I've worked in insurance now. F- in September, I've worked in insurance for 42 years. Wow. I obviously started when I was two years of yeah, age. Of course, yeah, you're very yeah. young, very obviously. Young, yeah, very young, kid. Of course, quick on the uptake, obviously. Um, <laughs> and because of my interest in people, naturally, I just ask open questions. And when you ask open questions, what happens? Well, no surprises. You, you get people to open up, truly open up, and perhaps share with you information that they've either never been asked by another insurance broker um, or the current insurance broker. And by asking open questions, people start to trust you, believe you, and open up to you. And once they do that, I can then say, so let me have a look at you know your insurance needs. Now, you may think I'm taking a diversion here, uh, Tracy and Ian, by covering this point in this podcast. But believe, believe me, a usual insurance broker approach is to ring a company up, often cold, and then come out with almost a Tourette's-like outburst. And that outburst goes a little bit like this. Hello there, Tracy and Ian. My name is Joe Bloggs. Um, when you, when's your insurance due? Um, if you send me your policy schedule, I'm sure I can save you a few quid. And that and that's as professional and as good and as in depth as it often gets. Now, to me, unless I'm being slower than usual, that poses a few questions. If that style was followed and the client went along with it, first of all, has the insurance, if they have any, has the insurance that they have, does it currently do what they need it to do? Were they sold the correct insurance at outset? Mm. Has their business grown, changed, pivoted, modified? We've just been through a worldwide pandemic. I would suggest the answer certainly to the latter question is, yes, things have changed. However, if the insurance broker in the silly example I've just given you was allowed to, to continue with the Send me a current policy and I'm sure I can save you a few pounds. If they were allowed to continue with that, have they questioned the client about what cover the client needs, what the client's issues are, anything? No, they haven't. And that's why I do what I do, rightly or wrongly. But the one thing that always happens is that the client ends up with the right insurance. Right, right, which is always good. Yeah. It's always good. So what do people need to consider to get the right things, the right insurance for their business? That's a great question, Tracy, and, and, and one that I've spent many, many days, weeks, months, years puzzling through. But in essence, if you're in business, you need to think about three things. Protecting your people, 
protecting your business and protecting your assets. Yeah. So if we look at protecting people, that comes down to various forms of liability insurance. As I mentioned earlier, employer's liability, public liability, and you can even have professional liability, which has three or four different branches to it. The second thing is to protect the business. How about what's the value of your stock? What's the value of your machinery? Those sorts of things. And and I guess the machinery bit would probably fall into the latter category of assets. But the, the business insurance effectively is the non-people bit, if yeah. you like, the non-people bit. And then the assets um, are tangible or intangible. Uh, and they range from things like stock pools, things like that. Um, so what I do, as I mentioned earlier, is find out why the business is there, what what stresses they've had, what they're, clearly what their strengths are. I've, I've come across some businesses before um, COVID and certainly during COVID where they've actually grown. Now, if you've grown during COVID, I'm extremely interested, as I'm sure we all are, in yes. how in how that's happened. We have at Spencer Hayes Group a large number of um, what we call wheels-based clients. So that would be people like couriers, delivery drivers, taxi drivers, that sort of thing. Believe you me, there are around the UK a large number of taxi firms that have either gone to the wall or nearly gone to the wall. Think about companies that have had 600 vehicles, which is obviously an enormous uh, taxi fleet. Um, And some of those have gone down to 20 or 30 cars on the road instead of 600. Those people have had the absolute hammer during COVID. And they've had a hammer twice, you know, because if you actually look at the government stats on people who were um, most affected occupationally by COVID, then bus drivers, coach drivers, and taxi drivers um, fell into those categories. Yeah, they did. Yeah. What's the most um, common question? Ian, Ian, I don't get that particular question alone. Right. I agree with you. Looking in, you think I would get that question, mm. but no, yeah. I don't. What I actually get is a variation of the um, either I have Jeff hands up, I've been running my business for a couple of years, there's just me, I've never really heard about insurance before, but I've seen right. you on LinkedIn. I've, you know, I've heard about you. Um, could you just tell me what I need? That would be one question I get mm. asked all the time. And the other one, right. which sounds like I've set this up, is, Jeff, I need to cover my people, my business, and my assets. How do you think I should do that? Right. Um, they're probably the two questions that I get. The third one is more um, a defensive comment, which is, go on then, I'll let you quote for me insurance, but, you know, all I do is, uh, all I seem to do is pay out, pay out for me insurance every year and I never have to claim. Yeah. Well, that's what you do, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, let me tell you a true tale. Uh, I have a client, that client makes suits, and one night, about a year ago, that client was broken into, had a burglar alarm, shutters, locks, everything, um, you name it. Um, that client had a lot of stock taken in a very short space of time. That client had also pivoted, and they'd pivoted into producing nanotechnology masks, i.e. washable masks. Right. Masks that dealt with the moisture that you get from suppressing your breath. Okay? Right. Yeah. Now, 
they were made for the client, I believe, in Singapore or certainly somewhere in the Far East and shipped over here specifically to order. That client had an order book of two or three million pounds. Now, all, all the orders that were in were in boxes waiting to be shipped out. The thieves took those as well. Luckily for the client, I'd arranged a type of cover called business interruption cover. Now, that cover covers you if some if somehow you suffer material damage, which he had because the premises had been broken into, and it cover, covered him effectively for a financial sum of up to a million quid um, due to the loss of the income opportunity caused by the burglary. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So not a bit of brain surgery by me, but that client was one of those clients where he'd previously been sold a um let me let me try and beat that for you. But because mm -hmm. of my style, when I went to see the client, I said to the client, What if something unforeseen happens and you're out of business for a while? I think you should have business interruption cover. And he said, right. Explain that to me. So I did. And he went, Sounds a bit obscure, but go on, put that on the policy for me, seeing as you've suggested it. Okay. Now yeah. Um, the difference is, with that cover on, a million pounds paid to the client. Without that cover on, no money paid to the client. Mm. Yeah. I bet he was pleased and he took your advice, wasn't he? Certainly. Certainly. And I would never name him because, one, it's commercially sensitive. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, two, you, you know, just don't know, you just yeah. wouldn't do that. But, no. <laughs> but, but the thing I did for him, uh, which I must just re restate, isn't brain surgery. It's just me doing my job properly. But mm. so many of, of my industry colleagues, they just would have missed it. Now, that leads me on to something else. Let's say they'd missed it, and he then said, you've made a mistake in business. Could he then have claimed under the professional indemnity insurance of the insurance broker? My view is he could, he could and should certainly have had a, a go at trying to do that because... Yeah. Yeah. That cover would have been something that they should have spotted and recommended. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just shows yeah. you, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't suppose you know the, the value of insurance or the worth of it till you actually need it, do you? Really? Well, <laughs> That's the problem with insurance. It's a, mm. it's a thing you have to pay in the hope you never have to use it. Yeah. Well, But you're paying it. I, th yeah. I think that's well put, Ian. The best way to put it is um, insurance is an intangible product. You can't see it. And it's nothing more than a promise to pay mm, in the yeah. event that an insured peril occurs. Um, but by God, um, if that insured peril occurs, the insurers are there for you. So you look at people's businesses from all different angles to, to work out the worst case scenario, I suppose, as to what, what can happen. Yes, very, very much so. And my style, again, is I would always recommend having fully interviewed the client. Mm. I would, I'd recommend what I called, or I would call, base covers, which are the essentials that the client needs, yeah. which often mirror what they've already been sold by a previous insurance broker. Um, and then I say, however, the five or six other things that, you should already have been offered previously are X, Y, Z. And nine times out of the 10, the client says, never, never had those mentioned to me ever before. Right. There's also right. another thing, if you, if you don't mind, I'd just like to bring in, which is yeah, um, 
what you would call the industry expert. Now, I wouldn't claim to be an industry expert, but unfortunately, when people are setting out in business for the first time, often they speak in the pub to the self-acclaimed industry expert (laughs) who says, oh, you don't need much. You just need to do this. You just need to do that. Now, the problem that you've got there is that the person who's given them that advice doesn't work in an insurance advice giving capacity. That's just a talking head in a pub. Um, But occasionally that advice is followed, often with um, uh, devastating consequences. Bit of a minefield, isn't it, man, I would imagine. If you don't get it right, it could cost you your business, can't it? Um, And much more, probably. Ian, Ian, that's a really powerful thing that you've said there. It's a very powerful thing you've said. There's a couple of insurances, one I've alluded to already, called professional indemnity insurance. Now, that covers a business against an allegation made by a client in the future that advice given to them by the insured company has led to a direct or indirect financial loss. Now, that sounds like, to me, bear in mind, I work in insurance, that sounds like I want to go to sleep just listening to that. Um, (laughs) However, that cover professional indemnity is incredibly important to have, particularly if you're a limited company, because for all of the directors, it's uh, a comfort that should a claim be upheld, nobody can come after you um, as a director of the business because the insurance is there. Yeah. There's another type of insurance called directors and officers insurance, which gives you the added protection that should somebody come after you, not in the name of the company, but start to try and come after you as an individual. Yeah, personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also have the a protection there as well. So when I mentioned to you earlier that I think I said employer's liability, public liability, and then there's an area called professional liability, these covers like the directors and officers and and professional indemnity are all wrapped up in that term professional liability. Mm. Right, right, cool. Well, pretty interesting there. Thank you, Jeff, for that. Yeah. Good stuff there. I think some useful information there. There is, there is. I mean, Jeff is... You're just such a, a wealth of knowledge on all <laughs> things insurance. Every time, every time we hear you speak, you know, there's it. It's it's peace of mind, isn't it, for people? And and to know that you've got that cover correct, um, you know, I suppose that's how how it helps people to sleep. Definitely. So, so if anyone um, did want to get in touch with then uh, Jeff, um, how do they do that? We'll put it in the show notes anyway. But if they wanted to contact you and find out more about your wealth of knowledge on insurance, then what's the best uh, way to get in touch with you? Um, thank, thanks for the opportunity, Ian. Um, twofold. Number one, look me up on LinkedIn. Right. And it's Jeff Dunn on LinkedIn. That's Jeff with a J, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, J-E-double-F and then Dunn, Delta Uniform, November, November. Um, yeah. Or contact me on my email or my phone number. Unfortunately, I've got the longest e- work email address in the world. <laughs> that would be great yeah, as well. Put it in the notes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, put it in the notes. Yeah. Thank you. Cool. Good stuff. And before we go, we always ask our guests on the Friday Fix if they have a networking tip to share with our listeners. Um, I know we put you on the spot a little bit earlier on, but uh, I think you've come up, uh, you'll come up trumps with, with your networking tip. Okay, so imagine you've just gone into a room of people or currently a Zoom room of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we could just, as we're starting to open up the, the UK again, hopefully, if, if we just perhaps could all just imagine being in a room full of people and you've got that feeling of oh i need to go and talk to people 
why don't we just simplify it in our minds, or, or shall I say, I simplify it in my mind, and I just do a variation of what I've spoken about this afternoon, which is to just ask the person, you know, hello there, Ian, we've not met before, what's brought you here today? Yeah, good one. And then, one. And then what's Ian going to say? He's going to tell me, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after he's done that, maybe ask Ian another question and then just take it from there. So nothing magic from yeah, me, yeah. but just ask, no. ask open ask questions. Ask question. Open questions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, good tip there. Good tip. Yeah. It's always better just to ask questions and find out about the person, I think, rather than bombard them with any sales spiel or whatever. Yeah, definitely a great tip. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And hopefully we'll be in one of those rooms fairly soon, Jeff. Yeah, yeah we'll meet again, <laughs> Jeff, in a Zoom room. <laughs> or even in a, in a real life room. How is that? Oh, yeah, that'd be a good one. Yeah. Cannot, yeah. cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thanks ever so much for joining us today. It's been really interesting uh, hearing hearing all about insurance and um, yeah, your advice you, that you give people. That's great. So thank, thank you thank very much. And, and a big thank you for your tip as well. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for coming on the show today. I yeah, appreciate it. And thanks okay. to both of you again for the opportunity. I've really enjoyed myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're welcome, Jeff. Yeah. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Bye-bye. We're almost at the end of this week's show, but before we go, we are excited to tell you about our In Business Talks 2 episode this coming Tuesday. Our special guests on next week's podcast are Lisa and Adrian Wales of LPD Associates. And we're looking forward to speaking to them and digging deeper into their experiences as a business couple. Thank you so much for joining us this week on In Business Talks 2 Friday Fix. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, all that we ask is that you simply tell a friend about the show. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Tracy and Ian, and together we We are are in in business. business. Goodbye. Goodbye.